And now, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's Pastor Randy here at uh, Made. Excuse me. It, 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 it's Evangelist Randy here at, at Made Preachers. I'm still so used to call myself a pastor, but I stepped down from that. So, anyway, hey guys, I hope that you guys are having a great morning. Uh, I'm going through some stuff, so if you could pray for me, that'd be great. Uh, you know, uh, things have, uh, you know, are getting weird. <laughs> you know, things happen. You know, things happen. Um, anyway, guys, um, you know, we're going to continue our study on the Sermon on the Mount. And, um, you know, I'm in my garage right now. So, uh, um, you know, uh, that's why it looks kind of different on top and, and uh, around here. But, you know, it's all good, right? It's all good. It's all good. Anyway, um, so um, let's get into prayer. Heavenly Father. We just thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to love, give, and be all that you want us to be, God. We thank you that you have all of our, our walks pre, you know, uh, uh, directed towards you. We love you. Get me out of the way and let this message go out to the people that want to see it and need to see it. We love you. We worship you and praise you in Jesus' name. All right, guys. Guys, a couple of announcements before we get started, Lord. Uh, guys, um... I'm still in prayer mode. <laughs> you guys, if you guys need prayer for anything, um, please go to madefreechurch.org, put in your prayer request tabs. Do a prayer request tab, put it, go ahead and put it in there. If you guys live in the confines of the United States, please go to, uh, you know, please leave your phone number so if you guys want somebody, one of our pastors or myself or one of our staff, you know, to call you and, and pray with you. We are a praying church. We love to pray. So, um, yeah, just, just go there. It's called madefreechurch.org. Go to the prayer request tabs, okay? And guys, if you'd like to support Made Free Church in any way, shape, or form, you can. Go to our 501c3 nonprofit ministry. Um, we will, you know, we, there, there's three ways to give. You can give through our cash app. You can give through our uh, PayPal link. And you can also give to the uh, address, check your money order uh, to the address that's provided on the website. Uh, please leave your uh, e- email addresses so we can send you a tax deductible receipt for your taxes at the end of the year. Um, you know, we're, we're very set on that. You know, uh, we got a lot of vision for this church. We want to get our own building um, and we want to be able to, uh, you know, uh, get it. We want to get a men's home, you know, so we can, you know, disciple men and stuff like that. So we have a lot of vision this year. So we're, we're in need of your donations. We're going to be doing... Um, a, you know, a GoFundMe or, or something in, in, in that for the home and stuff to raise money for the home. This is for men to get off the street uh, and to get back into life and learn how to manage a checkbook and, and learn about how to you know keep a job and learn about you know just being men. You know what I mean? And and being men of God. And we're going to be pouring into them as well. You know what I mean? So you know that's that's our vision. Uh, this year is to get a building so we can go and worship and, and well as the, the men's home. And uh, so, you know, again, all your, uh, your tax, all, all your, all, all your donations are tax deductible. All your giving is tax deductible. So please give as much as you can. Cause we really, really, really desperately need it for the, for, for what we were looking. Now let's get back into our study. Please open your word to Matthew five, three. That's Matthew five, three. And it says this. 
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, on Saturday, we we, we did the, 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 the first one, right? We did the first Sermon on the Mount, the, the first part of the series. And uh, uh, there's only one more part of this series, and then we're going to go straight into Matthew. So we're going to be going over this again. But the Sermon on the Mount is is one of the best sermons that Jesus has ever, ever, ever displayed. And I think this would be good. And for those that you are coming on, good morning to you. Um, please give uh, StreamYard access to your uh, uh, Facebook accounts. So that way I can see you guys in the comments. Okay. Awesome. So... You know what? What we what 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 we find recorded in verses three through twelve are commonly known and referred to as the Beatitudes. Each of the nine Beatitudes begin with the word "blessed." The basic meaning of "blessed" is happy. Now, have now now happiness in the biblical sense is much deeper uh, has a much deeper meaning than what we find in the word in in our modern English. Uh, language like happiness from the old English word hap, which means chance or luck. Happiness happens when uh, uh, happenstances happen to be happy, right? In other words, happiness is as we know it only exists as the Bible speaks of it, and uh, we're speaking of a spiritual joy, satisfaction that lasts regardless of conditions which carries through pain, sorrow, loss, and grief. So, this happiness or a sense of spiritual joy uh, and satisfaction is pronounced uh, first upon the poor in the spirit. That, you know, the thought that genuine joy and satisfaction comes from being poor in the spirit in anything diametrically opposed to the conventional wisdom of today's culture in the minds of those who have bought into the world's way of thinking, verse 3 ought to read, Blessed are the rich, the famous, the powerful, the movers and shakers, the important, the aggressive, the self-reliant, self-confident, and the glamorous. In today's world, being poor in spirit is, is, is uh, equated to being depressed, weak, timid, passive. You know, and, and everybody knows that that uh, that this is not the way to get ahead, right? Uh, this is not a way a way to attain happiness. And today's conventional wisdom teaches that as to assert ourselves, you know, to care for nothing but ourselves. We are taught that the only vice is we uh, is weakness is the only virtuous strength. And, you know, we we are encouraged to be strong, and we're told that that the world is ours if we can get it. But unfortunately, the conventional wisdom is held by our society at large is often at odds with biblical wisdom. See, God's wisdom and ways are radically different from the current thinking of our secular society. As a matter of fact, Paul said, the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. 1 Corinthians 3.19 says this, For the wisdom of the world is foolishness for God, for it is written, He is the one who catches the wise in his craftiness. The question we must ask ourselves is, are we willing to accept the radical teachings of Jesus as truth? 
And if so, are we willing to let them change our lives in a radical way that they're intended to? Negatively, ne- ne- negatively, uh, poor in the spirit is not, like poor in the spirit does not refer to financial destitution or, or material poverty. Also, poor in spirit does not mean lack of, of vitality of or, or courage. And per, poor in spirit does not mean false humility, which is designed to gain the sympathy of others. And poor in spirit does not have anything to do with suppressing our, our personality. Positively, what poor, what poor spirit is, and the verse poor means the verb to shrink, cower, and cringe. <coughs> and it was, it was to describe people completely in complete poverty who were reduced to crouching in the corner and begging for food. Spiritually speaking, uh, to be poor in spirit is to be humbly bow our hearts to God. Acknowledge our total spiritual poverty before Him and our utter and utter dependence on Him. It is, it, it is to understand that the part of Christ we spiritually are destitute. It is the personal acknowledgement of spiritual bankruptcy. It is the conscious confession of our worthiness before God. To be poor in spirit is to say, I have nothing. I am nothing. I can do nothing. I stand in need of all things. Being poor of the spirit is opposite of being haughty and self-sufficient. It is the very reverse of that dependent and defiant attitude that refuses to bow to God. Poorness of the spirit is not something that we uh, can produce. It, it it is not something that we can do ourselves. It is it. It is a work of the Holy Spirit to rot in our hearts of the true believers. By nature, we are self-righteous and filled with pride. And it takes a miracle of the grace of God to bring us to the point where we're generally poor in spirit. The the, the numerous biblical examples of those who hold poor in spirit. Gideon, when, when, when God, you know, when, it, let's do this. When, when God came to Gideon and, and told him that he was going to be used to save Israel from the hand of the Mennonites, Gideon's response uh, demonstrated the fact that he was poor in spirit. And Gideon said this, Oh, my Lord, where shall, I, where, where shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am, at least, I am the least in my father's house in Judges uh, 6, 14 through 15 says this and the Lord turned to him and says go in this might of our of yours and save Israel from the hand of the Midian I do not send you and he said to them please Lord how can I save Israel behold my client is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house see Moses the fact that the, the, the fact that Moses was truly poor in spirit is seen in his feelings of unworthiness to perform the tax that was laid upon him and his consciousness of his own insufficiency and inadequacy. We see this in Exodus 4, 1-12, and it says this, And Moses answered, Behold, they, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. And the Lord said to him, What is it that, you're, that is in your hand? He said, A staff. 
And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and became a staff in his hand that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers and the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then again, he said, well, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his clothes. And and when he took it out, it, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. And then he took it, uh, and then God said, put your hand back inside the cloak. So he did that. So he put his hand inside the cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of, the fla- of his flesh. If they do not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it into a dry into dry ground and the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground but Moses said to the Lord oh Lord I am not an I'm not eloquent either in in the past or since you have spoken to your servant but I am slow to speech and tongue and then the Lord said to him who made who made man's mouth who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? It is not I, the Lord. And then in 12, therefore, go and I will put your mouth and teach you the things that you shall speak. You know, as we see all these things, and we're going to talk about Isaiah, Peter, and Paul as well. You know, Isaiah, Isaiah having a vision from the Lord, Isaiah demonstrated that he was poor in spirit with his words, woe is me. For I am done because I am a man of unclean lips. Isaiah 6, 5. Even Peter was 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 naturally aggressive, self-assertive and self-confident. But when he saw the, the feebleness of his own efforts and the greatness of the power of the Lord, his word says, depart from me for I'm a sinful man, the Lord. And that's in Luke 5, 8. And then Paul, even though, you know, even though Paul's credentials in Philippians 3, 5 through 6, the more that were more than oppressive, he still says, I count all things lost before the excellency and the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered loss of all things and do not count and do count them, but dung that I may win Christ. See, and to be found in not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but which through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God is of faith, of God of faith. See, we see this a lot of times, being poor in spirit and stuff like that, right? You know, are we really poor? Are we really going to take the time to be poor in spirit, right? That's, 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 that's what we have to ask ourselves. In Philippians 3, uh, 9, uh, uh, 8 through 9 says, more than that, I count things all lost because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, which is from the law that 
which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness is God upon faith. See, Jesus, you know, uh, perhaps uh, no other place in the Bible describes the Lord's poverty in spirit than Philippians 2, 6 through 8. It says this, Who, though existing in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a slave, by being made in the likeness of men, being found in the appearance of men, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Be important, that be important spirit is, is fundamental salvation. Without being important spirit, a person cannot even come to Christ. The parable of the Pharisee and the publican shows that to be justified, you must be poor in spirit. Let's look at Luke 18, 9 through 14, and it says this. And he also told uh, this parable to some that, uh, who trusted in themselves by they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and one a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying these things. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this task, task collector. I fast twice a week. I pay my tithes of all I get. But the tax collector, <laughs> standing some distance away, even unwilling to lift his eyes up to heaven, but was beating his chest saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled but anyone who humbles himself will be exalted. When we are willing to acknowledge that God must fill us or we will forever remain empty, we are in peace where God can save us. God has never saved someone who came to him with pride. Only those are saved who have made a painful discovery that all their righteousness is as a filthy rags and that even in their best state, they are altogether vanity. Psalms 39.5 says, Behold, you have made my days as handbreadths and my lifetime as nothing before you. Surely every man, even standing firm, is altogether vanity in Psalms 39.5. See, being poor in spirit is foundational to, uh, 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 to maturation, which is, the definition of that is the action or process of maturing. As a commentator, I'll put it this way. I forget who it was. Jesus puts this beatitude first because the humility is the foundation of all of our great of, of all of the graces. A basic element in, in becoming a Christian. Pride has no part in Christ's kingdom, and until a person surrenders pride, he cannot enter the kingdom. The door to the door into his kingdom is low, and no one who stands tall will ever go through it. We cannot be filled until we are empty. We cannot be made worthy until we recognize our unworthiness. 
We cannot live until we admit we are dead. You know, and it goes on to say, we might as well expect fruit to grow without a tree as to expect the other graces of the Christian life to grow without humility. We cannot begin the Christian life without humility and we cannot live a Christian life. We cannot live the Christian life with with pride. Poverty of spirit is essential to the maturing process in the life of a Christian. I know you guys don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. You know, it, it, it's, 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 it's the truth. And, um, so, you know, poverty, again, poverty of spirit is essential to the maturing process in the life of a Christian. The same humility that it takes to get saved is the same humility it takes to accept the teaching of the Sermon on the Mount. Many obstacles keep us from maturing in the Lord are dealt with, you know, are dealt with honesty and openness in the Lord's sermon. But it will take a great deal of spiritual poverty to admit our sin and to submit to Spirit's leading. James tells us that with meekness and humanity, we are to receive the word of God. In James uh, 1.21, it says, Therefore, laying aside all filthiness and that all remains of wickedness in gentleness and receive the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. The meek will taught will be taught the ways of God according to David's words in Psalm 25, 25, 9. It says this. The meek will be will the meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek he will teach us his ways. See there, there are several characteristics characteristics that are evidenced by those who are truly poor in spirit. See they live for to exalt Christ. Those who are poor in spirits, they share the attitude of John the Baptist when he said concerning his relationship to Christ and his ministry. In John 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. They, are, they, they, also, they, also, they also have an attitude uh, of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 1.21. 120 through 21 according to my earnest expectation of hope that I will not be put to shame in anything but with the boldness Christ will even know as always be magnified in the body whether by life or, or by death for me to live is Christ and to die is gain and then in Galatians at 614 is but many it will never be that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the word has been crucified to me and I to the world. See, you know, I'm coming with a lot of scripture because, you know, uh, scripture interprets scripture. And, 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 and the thing is, is that we need, you know, I, th- I think the last few days, man, I've been really prideful and that's probably why things are happening the way that they're happening with me. That I, I need to come into humbleness, right? And I need to be low and meek, you know, and, and, and even in Romans 14, uh, 14, 19, it just says, 
So then let us pursue the things which make for peace and building up one another. And in Romans 15, 2, it says, Each other, each of us, is to please his neighbor for his good to his building up. In 2 Corinthians 12, 19, it says, All this time you think that you were defending yourselves to you. We speak Christ in the sight of God. And all these things, beloved, are for your building up. The poor in spirit can always be hard, heard speaking. And, you know, an encouraging word to others, praising others, and thanking God for those around them. They look for the exhibit compassion. The greatest example for exhibiting compassion is seen in the life of the preacher of the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord himself. And in Matthew 9, 39... 36 it says seeing the crowds he felt compassion on them and because they were distressed downcast like sheep without a shepherd and then in 1414 when he said uh he went and when he went to shore he saw a large crowd felt compassion for them and healed the sick and then if in matthew 1532 it says and jesus called his disciples to him and said i feel compassion for the crowd because they have remained with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And then in Matthew twenty thirty four, moved with compassion, Jesus touched their eyes and immediately they regained their sight and followed him. And then in Mark 1, and moved with compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I'm willing to be cleansed. And then in Luke 7, 13, it says when he, and when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion and said to her, do not cry. By virtue of our coming to Christ in humility, repenting of our sins, Placing our faith in him, we have become inheritors of the kingdom of heaven. And that's huge, guys. I mean, it really, really, really is. Simply put, it means that one day, heaven will be our eternal home. James 2.5 says, listen, my beloved brothers, do not God choose the poor for his for this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him. And in Romans 8, uh, 14 through 17, it says this, For as many are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoptions as son by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children also heirs and heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, and indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. You know, at the, at the time of salvation, we become a son or a daughter of God. And because of our sonship or daughtership position, we are also made heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That is, we are made 
partakers of his blessings in in this life and will be privileged to enjoy the glories of heaven for all eternity. Both our positions and our privileges in the kingdom of heaven are a result of being poor in spirit, which leads us to salvation in Jesus Christ. As was mentioned earlier, poorness of the spirit is not something that we can produce. It's not something that we can do ourselves. It is initially the work of the Holy Spirit that leads us to the painful discovery that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags and that only the only hope we have of being saved is to turn in faith and repentance towards God and the Lord Jesus Christ. After salvation, poorness of spirit is still the work of the Holy Spirit because by nature we are self-righteous and be filled with pride and unwilling many times to acknowledge our sin. There are few things that we can do in addition to working to the working of the Holy Spirit to cultivate poorness of the Spirit that Jesus talked about in this sermon. We can cultivate poorness by spirit by focusing on the Lord. That means focus on Him, not on ourselves, not on our worldly things, but focus on Him, right? Christ is the supreme example of what it means to be poor in spirit. The key to becoming more like Christ-like in this area of our poor, of our life, is to spend as much time in the Word of God, reading and learning about the life of Christ. That means going, you know, uh, uh, it means, you know, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding in the mirror of glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. The more we behold the glory of the Lord, the more like Him we become. Poverty in spirit does not happen in the life of the believer by accident. It only happens when we are willing to make a consecrated effort to deny ourselves. See, in Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For for whoever wishes to save himself will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. See, we can cultivate a Christ-like characteristics of being poor in spirit by going out of our way to put ourselves above others. Right? Or put others, excuse me, above ourselves. I got that wrong. (laughs) You know, to put others above ourselves, right? By living up, by giving up something for someone else, we are following the instruction that is uh, given in in Philippians 3. In Philippians 2, uh, 3 through 4, let nothing be done through strife and, and... vainglory but let loneliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves and look to every man of his own image but every man also on the things of others see all of us are sinners 
and we want what we want and we demand God and we demand of God the things that we think are his will but in all reality that is our real will living for ourselves isn't of God what it you know what we're taught in the Bible is to love God and love neighbor and, you know, and in John 13, 34, says, a new commandment I give you, as I loved you, love one another. That should be in every Christian's wheelhouse. But we must understand that Jesus is, it, what Jesus is saying. The problem is in the American church is that love is the main focus. Nothing about hell or the wrath of God is ever preached. The whole counsel of God must be preached and the church needs to get back to the basics and get back to true doctrine of grace and election. It's time through the church in America to stop playing church and get real and get true and be the church of Jesus Christ. So let's get back to basics and love one another and correct one another and, and, and get back to biblical basics. It's time for us to be real in our walk and our faith and to be the church. Doesn't matter if you're an Amer Armenian or a Calvinist in theology, we're brothers and sisters in Christ and we must start acting like that and unite under the banner of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a huge division going on right, uh, on right now and it really has to stop. If you're post-mill, pre-mill, all-mill, are all biblical. And, and, but they're just different thought processes and they're non-essential to our salvation. End times view and end times belief is not essential to our foundations and it doesn't matter. But there's a thing called theonomy and new legalism in the, in, 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 in my belief, that's where the divide has come from. A few pastor friends of mine who I hold in really, really high regard told me, and I agree with, with I agree in every way, shape or form, is to stay away from theonomy. You know, theonomy is, is, is a new legalism. You know, and, and I'm sorry if, 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 you're, if you're out there and you're a the theonomist and you're watching this, but it's legalism. Yeah, God's law is important. I'm not here to debate that. What I'm here to say is, is that we need to get back to basics in the church and get back to basics in our lives if we call ourselves Christians. That's basically it. If we call ourselves Christians, are we going to love when we're not being loved back? Are, are, are we going to go through trials and tribulations? Tri of course we are. That's, that's the whole point. The Bible says that we have to suffer. Suffer as Christ has suffered. Not get a new car. You know, it's good to get new cars and a new home and get that get, get the beautiful wife and get a motorcycle and, and have a good life. But what are you doing in the midst of that to help another ministry or another church or a men's home or whatever? What are you doing? Are you just holding on to your money and tithing the, the 10% to a big mega church who already has money? Or are you stepping out and helping out people that really need it and really, really are compassionate for others? There's people out in L.A. right now. There's people all over this world. There's kids starving right now in other countries. We have a church in Uganda. And let me tell you, it's, it's hard. You know, I was talking to Pastor Henry the other day, and he just says, pray for us. Pray for us. You know, 
That's 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 some deep stuff, guys. Are we poor in spirit? Or are we prideful and arrogant? Are we going to love those who don't love us despite what they think of us or what they do? Are we just going to keep up with the, the drama and the, and the BS? You know what I mean? I mean, really. I mean, that, that that's where it all comes from, right? I hope you guys got a, 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 got a lot out of this. I know I, I have, you know, I love reading the word. I love the Bible. You know what I mean? Um, and the Bible is, is, is amazing. I use two versions of the Bible. I use the, the Legacy Standard Bible, and I also use the ESV. And if you guys never heard of the Legacy Standard Bible, it's a new Bible that had come out by the Lockman Foundation, the one, the, the, the same translators who, who did the NSAB. But this gets to, get the, 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 the LSB gets right to the Greek, word for word, word for word. So that's what I mean. Uh, so that's what I use. Um, you guys can use anything you want. You guys want to use an NIV, an NLT, or whatever. But I, I'm, I mostly stay in these, these four Bibles: the NSAB 1995, uh, the New King James Version, the Legacy Standard Bible, and the ESV. Those are the four that I stay in. Anyway, um, a couple more announcements before I, I end this today. I know I kind of went over, guys. Go check out 120 Army. They're our boys. We love them. We support them. Uh, they've launched a new app at 120. You can go download that on your on your Android or, or your iPhone and get involved with the 120 Army and get involved. This is a great prayer app, guys. And, and Jose and Aaron are, are doing amazing things with this. So, guys, go do that. And, guys, if you'd like to, to, to check out my personal website and what we're doing, what I'm doing, you can go to servantforchrist.com. That's servantforchrist.com. And uh, uh, go check out. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff on there, you know. Um, and uh, you guys can see what I'm about and stuff like that. And, guys, I want to thank you guys for watching. Um, and, 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 guys, you have a great day. God bless you guys. Um, and, and may God keep you. And, and may his face shine upon you. And may he give you peace. God bless you guys. Have a great day.